now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami. Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Hello, everybody. Rich Rothman. It's uh, just after 5 o'clock, 5.05 to be exact. And this is uh, Rich Rothman on the Rich Rothman Show. Wanda Miles right with me in front of me. Hello. Uh, and now it's the Mahendra Sharma uh, discussion. We're going to have a conversation with uh, Mahendra, and uh, and here he is. I'm glad you're on the phone, and I'm glad you're talking to us, and uh, I hope all is well with you. You should have some very interesting insight, because it seems like the the uh, the race for the presidency. Now, when last we spoke, uh, we still had uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, fighting Obama. And we had some discussion about what would happen if Hillary got in versus what would happen if Obama got in. Okay, so now it's resolved as that's related. Uh, but we, but now we have it's a whole different ball game. And particularly in the last, you know, uh, five or six business days, we now have a whole new ball game for the Republicans, uh, with unknown people coming in. And that's got to be shifting the uh, energies of the universe a little bit, I think. I Let me ask you a question. Up until the 12th of October, you said McCain's folks are going to give him a hard time. So how does this relate uh, to the business world? What do you, how do you think we're going to cycle going out of uh, third quarter to fourth quarter? Without any fear, don't, uh, yeah, especially investors, they shouldn't be thinking too much about the politics. They should be thinking about the great future, what I see ahead. And uh, I think, I think that, that will be, I think people will going to make a fortune. So I think they should be, Dow is, bottoming out within a 20, 21 days, and uh, we won't see this, especially current index, we won't see again, again for the next seven years. So so I think that is what the news, uh, or maybe the most exciting uh, predictions I can give once, uh, once again through you. Uh, that's what you, uh, when we were talking about the dollar in two months, uh, two months back, and uh, nobody wanted to believe, but, uh, but you, I think, I think you, you said that uh, that yeah you were with me on the dollar prediction so it was a, it was interesting i think i think i think well, everybody's talking about that let's talk about the dollar for a second because the dollar had been weak I and mean, when we last spoke the the dollar was very weak the euro was strong was rising uh the the pound was doing extremely well now the euro was down to about 145 uh to the us and uh and the pound was in the 177 range uh, against the U.S., so uh, you see uh, the the uh, the dollar is the rising star for the next uh, few months. Yes, I think uh, this is not the few months. Uh, I said even on the 13th June, those who those who missed that interview, they they should go to your website and they should listen to again uh, on the 13th June interview that what we were talking about dollar. We are talking about five to seven years bull market in the dollar, and uh, during that era. Uh-huh. Uh, during this era, the euro will break the not even the par value, but it will it will break 80. It will uh, point 20, It will go to the even point 50. Means the, the 75 percent. I think I think I think euro will lose the value from here. Say that and again. 70 75 percent of the euro. Yes, 75 percent. Yeah, the 75 percent the euro will the value and uh, this will going to happen between five to seven years time so uh, that and same will happen for even even for the british pound that's that now that's a very very interesting uh position that's going to affect a lot as a matter yes. of fact 
because yeah, definitely because um, because because there is uh, there will be few reason behind it and the most interesting reason will be uh, yeah the european union where i see the chart of the european union uh, from the from the next year march they will suddenly uh, they will suddenly have some problem and uh, from because of that problem the people will lose the faith in the european union and the european currency that is zero and uh, that is why the people will come back to the dollar and uh, at the same time the usa chart is rising and the rising very strongly the usa as a country that's interesting so yeah so 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 i think the people will again uh, again Again, go back to the green thing. That's what I see, and uh, well, I see very strongly. You know, the implications of that are far-reaching in the sense that the uh, uh, the payment for oil uh, is still pegged with the dollar, and there was a yeah. lot of the conversation in the last half a year that it would be a, a basket full of uh, of currencies, euro and dollar. Uh, that the uh, the Arabs would be using, the Middle Eastern uh, suppliers would be using. Uh, to peg the price of oil. But this is very intriguing because if, in fact, we go through this very strong market uh, for the dollar, which is, uh, well, I guess that would also mean then that the U.S. economy is going to be uh, actually making a big turnaround from where we've been, huh? Definitely, because, because see, the investors should think very, very closely and uh, very seriously about uh, about this the currency. And the, this is something not a joke when... Uh, 2001. Even in the last interview, I mentioned that 2001. I was that uh, I was I, I was recommending everybody to dump dollar because I saw a week, uh, drastic weak trend in the in the U.S. dollar chart, uh, astrological chart, and that exactly happened. And uh, the, the since early this year, I have been recommending everybody buying dollar because seven years. The most unique era, but see the uh, difference between the 2001 to 2007 and 2008 to 2014. This is a different era. In the seven years, dollar went down, but still dollar held well. But in in next seven years, I don't think euro will going to. I see euro going to ICU care. I think I think the it is. Uh, Losing the 75, 80 percent value in the currency, like like I'm not saying that it will um, it will going to disappear, but 80 uh, percent value, losing the 80 percent value, that is a huge use. I'm I'm telling you, and the people will lose those who will be investing in the euro. They will they will going to suffer very badly. It doesn't matter uh, which country or the oil money is going in the euro or whatever. But that will be the biggest mistake. So so I don't know. Time will be the answer, but uh, uh, whatever in my 20 years, my past record, I'm not saying I'm 100% accurate, but my 20 years past record, when I uh, turned the each page, I, I found out that uh, around the 90%, uh, I was very close on the each prediction. So let's see, let's hope that, uh, uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> Where do you see the FTSE going to over the next, let's say, year or so? Uh, they uh, see all this the European market and the emerging market like like uh, last time we were talking about the China and the right. Indian market and they they still they are still going down and uh, I'm not recommending anybody to uh, investing money in the other countries especially like a like emerging market or maybe even even the European market I'm not recommending anybody or even the Asian Australian market I'm not recommending anybody to invest there because because in terms of the currency because I see a, the two reasons for the USA one is the USA dollar is strong and the, and especially British pound and European currency getting weak and uh, and the same time international all other the all other currencies they are going down so 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 in the terms of the, uh, the investment you will gain in terms if you if you put up money in the US dollar you will you will gain in terms of the U.S. dollar and the U.S. dollar, uh, and at the same time, U.S. stock market uh, they, 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 uh, they will be moving up. So I, the FTSE, I don't see, I don't see uh, any any measure of what trend. Then normally, psychologically, investors have in mind that if suppose the U.S. dollar is moving up, then the, all the stock market they they always moves up. But this time, the story will be the different because because the last last four four. When all the international market were moving up, USA market was not uh, not moving up that much, and uh, and now the same same thing, 
for the USA, it will going to happen the opposite. Now the USA market will moving up, and the many people will think that okay, now the international market or European market will move up, but no, they won't. They won't move that much up. So I think, I think the, I think. I won't recommend anybody to investing in the FTSE or the DAX or the, all these European market or even the Asian market. No, I'm I'm not recommending. At this stage, my focus is uh, completely uh, completely on the USA. And the one most important thing everybody must know that that I always predict what I see. I neither love USA, I neither hate USA. I neither love Europe, I neither hate uh, Europe. Right, just I your just, perception. Exactly, that's it. But or that's interesting. Now, if we're, one more thing that relates to the markets, and it would relate to the strength of the dollar. You know, as the dollar gets stronger, people will run away from commodities, and you yes. can see the commodity market, which you can see right now anyway, uh, getting weaker. Yes, they are. They are getting weaker, and uh, we were very confident. We were uh, when we were talking on the 13th of June that by the in that interview I mentioned the date of the 27 July that uh, that. Uh, all this, uh, the commodities uh, moving down around the 20 to 30 percent, and that's what exactly happened. So, so I think I think uh, I, I don't see really great future for the commodities and the, those people because it is a each cycle, you know. And those people who have made the money in the in in all this the commodity market, they should be slowly getting out, or maybe they, they should be reducing their exposure. I'm not saying that they should get out 100 percent, but uh, they should be reducing the exposure and they should be putting the money in the Dow and especially alternative energy. And uh, and now uh, the most interesting, the banking stock. I see a I see a great turning around for the banking stock, technology stocks in the USA. Do you see that in oh Mahendra? Mahendra, do you see that in 09? Not yet. You see, but no, maybe no, first, second quarter of next year, a, a, a bottoming out and a, and, a, and a rebound? Yes, the 2009, uh, we predicted even in the last time interview that the 2009, uh, 21st of March to 21st of May, the housing will bottom out and then the housing market will start again rising. So I think, I think, uh, I think overall, uh, the the sentiment for USA will be very positive uh, in terms of the housing market, in terms of the stock market, in terms of the in terms of dollar. The commodities they will going to play a side roles, and uh, and I think I think at this stage I see a still downward trend in the commodity. I see uh, again the rising trend. Some of the rising trend uh, in especially oil and metal will going to take place. Uh, uh, around the mid uh, mid October and from mid October again the maybe the oil and uh, gold and the and and the silver and grains they will start moving up uh, a bit but uh, but we have to see that the, how much more they fall from here and uh, I'm at this stage I am very much scared about the metals and oil because they can they can uh, fall more than 20% from here and that can be huge because they are already down about 20, 25, uh, 30%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it's doing today because uh, I, I, I didn't get a chance to look at it yeah, in the last few yeah, hours. This, yeah, at this stage, I think I think the euro is trading at the 143, somewhere, 143, pretty low. 30. That's pretty yeah. low. It, that's down quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, and all the right. So, around the 107, yeah. Let me, so let me just get a, a, a minor recap for those who may have tuned in a little bit late. Uh, so you're saying that uh, up until around October 12th, as it relates to the presidential election, uh, mm -hmm. McCain will, will be stronger through October 12th, that week or exactly. so. And yes. then following that, we're going to have this resurgence of the Obama, and, and you feel that, uh, that he, will take, he will pull the victory out at the end. Yes. Yes. And it won't get too ugly. And it won't get too ugly. <laughs> no. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> that's, no. what, that's what Wanda's hoping. world. Okay, so let me ask you a question. What part of the world are you going to be in when the election's on? Uh, definitely, I'll be in the USA. You're going to come home. Oh yes. <laughs> We're going to have to get you back on. I I want I want Mahendra booked uh, the week of October 12th or the week after. Actually, the okay, week after. Let's make a note. Of it. Everyone make a mental note about that because we have to get back with you at that point and have a conversation. But but I find it very very interesting what you're saying. Number one. Uh, it'll be an interesting campaign. Uh, mm -hmm. Barack will pull it out on the end anyway, is what you're claiming. But the yep. reality of the markets is that the markets will go through, it's going to bottom out, and that should bottom out when? The next month or two, three, four, five? Uh, no, no, stock market will going to uh, yeah, bottom out in the next 21 days. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. All right, next yes, 21 days, three weeks, four weeks, it's going to bottom out. And then we start this cycle where you're, you're very strong on the U.S. dollar. You're very strong on U.S. equities. And, uh, and, and it, it seems like a very good time for investment, uh, looking out over the next th uh, three to four years. Yes, definitely. Definitely, five, uh, yeah, four to five years. I'm uh, I'm expecting um, more than 100% rise in the Dow Jones, and that is what uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I feel that uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be 100% right. I I feel that uh, because I see that in chart and never astrology. Astrology has always uh, supported me, always given me the right reason of whatever happened in the last 20 years. So it's still, uh, and because I'm following the same theory, so definitely I'll be right. I have a, I have a confidence, definitely. Well, that's terrific. Well, listen, I want to, I know that you're very far away, and we so appreciate you coming on the show today. It's been a, it's been a long time since you've been on the show. We missed you. Thank you. And, We'd like to have you back again. Uh, and and uh, me too. And surely on the 12th of October, again, I will be on the show. All right. Well, Wanda will uh, will email you and set it all up. And we want to thank you so much. Uh, Wanda, do you have any, any final comment? No, I think I'm good. Because he, he did it for you. Well, well, you know, it's exciting. All right. Well, listen, we'll stay well, travel safe, and we'll see you when you get back. Thank you. God bless you. Bye -bye. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go. That's it. Mm -hmm. October 16th. October 16th. Are we going to get him back on October 16th? You know what's interesting? Yeah. So here he said that the stock market would bottom out. And he said that last time. Within 21 days. He just said that. Oh, within, okay. Along with this oh, interview. Okay, okay. Within 21 days, the market was going to bottom out. And what happened today? Uh, it bottomed out. It bottomed out. It just... It <coughs> oh, my God, I'm choking. Uh, 350-point plunge. Do you have some water? <clears throat> yeah. Had, right, uh, and now here's Wanda, already in progress. Really? It's uh, going to kill you there, things. <coughs> Got he it. He's amazing. He's good. He's good. If, it's just hard to sometimes understand him. But Well, you know what's interesting? The thing is that people out there really believe in what he does. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of He's followers. got followers. Yes. You know, we had 1,200 people email us or hit us on the website when he was on the first time in one night. Worldwide. Worldwide. It's exciting. So that is kind of exciting. We're kind of pleased with that. But I, it is kind of scary. I mean, the market uh, took a dump today. It's uh, 350 point down, over 2% drop in valuation. But if you pay attention to what uh, Mahendra said, that this was going to be the start of the return. Now, there are people out there, for example, who don't agree with that. For example, um, it was in uh, Yahoo this afternoon that... Uh, uh, U.S. house price declines could be worse than the Great Depression, according mm -hmm. to economist Schiller. And this is uh, this afternoon around 3 o'clock, actually 1 o'clock, 1.30. Um, and it says, eight years ago, Yale superstar professor and macro markets chief economist Robert Schiller famously called the top of the market in his book, uh, Irrational uh, Exuberance. And, boy, I should have paid attention to him. My, my sister's husband told me the market was going to just bloody explode and, and here you could sell your house now at the top of the market and said it's not going to happen mm -hmm. sure okay good uh then a year before the housing bubble peak he predicted the colossal bust we are now experiencing well if you recognize the name it's because the standard poor's case shiller home price indexes which he developed with wellesley college economist carl chase have become the nation's most authoritative source for home price trends and what he says now in the uh, subprime solution, highlights of it of the first discussion include home price declines are already approaching those in the Great Depression when they plunged 30% during the 1930s, with prices already down about 20%. It's not very far to go beyond that. Two, there are about 10 million homeowners whose uh, debt is larger or higher than the home value, which has broad implications for how Americans feel about their wealth and spending habits. And three, the current hopeful consensus that the house prices will bottom soon and then begin to recover is most likely a dream, according to Schiller. Housing markets don't usually have a V-shaped recovery. That means down and up quick. And even if house prices start to stabilize in nominal terms after adjusting for inflation, most homeowners will continue to lose money. Wow, that's exciting. That really makes me excited. But, you know, well, let's say one thing. Mahendra said oil was going to drop. Yes. Now, on the date that he said it was going to drop, it went down about nine to ten dollars, which at the time was a lot. Now it's down to about well, it was about a hundred and nine dollars a barrel, down from about a hundred and fifty. Is it back up again? So no, no, no. It's just 
creeping up by oh. 45 cents. It's not a big deal. Okay. People are now saying it's going to hit uh, 80 to $100 a barrel. He did say that, and it looks like commodities market, the dollar is getting stronger. That may happen. That's just what we just talked about. We just discussed that with him. On the other hand, mm -hmm. uh, the market, he did say the market was going to take a dump and it was going to start bottoming out in the next 21 days. Hopefully this is it. Probably not. I, t I tend to think the market's going to go down to uh, about 10,500, 10,600 before it shoots back up, which means we have about another four to 500 points to go of uh, equity loss before we, uh, uh, the uh, if you can call it a bear market, the bear market's over and the bull market returns. Love it when you talk numbers. Yep. Well, that's just the nature of the game out there. So bottom line is, if you're in the market, you lost money today. That's hey, the way it goes. Well, but you know what? What you. goes down comes up, and what goes up comes down. That's the uniqueness of it. And we're here for you. And we're here. We're here. We're here we you. have the best prognosticators <laughs> that you can get. Listen, you can watch this guy. He's known as the uh, uh, Nostradamus of Wall Street. Yep. So and we, we got him. We got him here. So we're very happy to hear that. Woke him up in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's right. It's 12 hours off. Yeah. So that was the middle of the night. Yeah, That's right. He's in India. He's in Mumbai. Yeah. He's in Mumbai. There are great things about Mumbai. Uh, no, Mumbai is, is it's a cool place. It's you know India's like exploded, done really really well. Hot looking folks over there. Um, well, sure like those saris. Uh, well, you know that little thing in the middle of your head oh, too. Yeah. Well, that's kind the of sari is the outfit the ladies wear. Yeah, S A R I. It's all kind of sexy. Uh, Exotic. Yeah, sexy. and they have cows walking in the streets, and nobody can kill them and get them out of the way because it could be your uncle. Oh. Because they believe in that. It could be Urkel. Your uncle. Your uncle. Yeah, they think it could be your a relative. Urkel. That's why they, they, if the cows want to walk around your front yard, and that's that's if they want to be on the street, and they want to go to the local shell station. Hey, you need a shell station. They own it. They, they own it. <laughs> they don't own it. They want to go to the 7-Eleven and take your Slurpee? Let the cow have it. All right. Uncle Joe liked it. Whatever you decide. Don't upset him in his next life, for goodness sakes. That's the way that goes. Not funny. Anyway, I'm glad we had him. It was interesting to listen to. All right. What do we have coming up? Coming up next, in just a few moments, we next should have on, on the, the phone. Next on the Rich Rothman Show. Next on the... And next on the Rich Rothman Show, we have... Uh, no. We have uh, Lisa Black. Yes. We're waiting for her phone call. She should yes. be here in about three and a half, four minutes. Yeah. We're going to take <clears> a break, <throat> though, before that. We have, a, we have a break? Yeah, we do. What time is our break? Oh. Uh, 5.30. Yeah. It's about that time. Yeah. We have, a, we have a break that comes on at 5.30. Yeah. That's right. It goes until 34. But, uh, all right. So, Lisa you Black. You give away the secrets. Oh, we can't give away all the secrets. All right. Not all of them. We don't need to know when we're going to break. We've got to no. be spontaneous. Well, somewhat so. Something like that. We can do that. Uh, folks, if you're aware of the fact that teachers, uh, we have a couple minutes, let me just discuss this. Teachers oh, yeah. bear their souls and will work for less. Teachers take a stand. Teachers are, we talked about this before, that uh, if you're a teacher, uh, you don't get paid well. That's, nope. the, that's the bottom line. Nope, nope. You know, you got hard work, you don't get paid well. Uh, the uh, Dade County teachers, uh, Miami-Dade UFT teachers, were felt they got, you know, um, kind of screwed out of their uh, contract, their increases, mm -hmm. because one of the clauses is if the state budget drops dramatically to the point, yep. they don't get their money, they can break their contracts, and they won't honor their contracts. That's a big fight, and that's trying to be worked out. And it looks like the Broward County teachers, who have had these either. protestations, uh, the first week they wore black, and then they wore old shoes, and now, <laughs> and now they're saying they're, they're going to only work... They Just contracted to work seven and a half hours a day. Leaving when they're done. And that's it, kids. You know, uh -huh. we're not doing homework at night. We're not going to go and, you know, the, some teachers in the elementary schools have to go into the homes. I know my ex-wife really? does that. It's really, I can't they even believe it. They have to? Yep. They, they make home visitation when they're in, you know, the, uh, the lower level school grades. And I got to tell you, I can't even believe they have them doing that in this day and age with all the crazies that are out there. Why would you want your wife or your son you know, to go into some stranger's home uh, to talk about little Jimmy. That just doesn't make sense to me. Seems like a lot for not lot. No, I think lot. it's scary. So here's the deal. So the, the Broward County uh, scraped up a 1.18% increase for this hmm. school year. The district offered teachers a 1.18% increase for this school year. Hmm. So if you think about it, on a $37,000 starting salary, huh. or let's make it even forty. That's about $38 a month pre-tax. Oh, gas. Wow. <laughs> gas so then work. take out 20-some-odd percent for uh, Social Security and, and all, all that other stuff and, you know, uh, federal income tax and so forth and then and, uh, Social Security and, and whatever else. 
I don't think there's much there. So they get about $27 a month more to, uh, that's their raise. Buy some more pencils for the kids. And they're already at a poverty level of 37000 in this country. Raising the future for tomorrow. And they have the most, yeah, yeah, and they have the most important job is to educate our next generation. Yep. So they're not as screwed up as we are. Oh my God. Speak for yourself. Boy, we really have that together. I'm in favor of the teachers. Shut them down, baby. That's what I say. Take your shoes, too. Take, <laughs> send them to the school board. That's what they need to do. Send all those old shoes to the superintendent of schools. That's what you need to do. I'll bet he'll get annoyed with that and give you 2 or 3%. All right, we're going to come right back, hopefully, with Lisa Black. This is Rich Rothman and Wanda Miles. We're at 1360 WKAT. Stay there. Ever dreamed of becoming a more effective leader? Want to hone your decision-making skills? Interested in becoming a better negotiator? Then you need to attend Florida International University's Women on the Move, Advancing Authentic Leader Seminar November 3rd through November 6th at the Hyatt Regency Bonaventure in Weston. FIU's Women on the Move Advancing Authentic Leader Seminar is designed for high-potential women leaders in senior management and executive positions with substantial responsibilities within their organizations. This seminar series will help you become a more effective decision-maker, communicate better, and become a more dynamic leader. Develop your personal strengths and go beyond your limitations by attending FIU's Women on the Move Advancing Authentic Leaders Seminar November 3rd through November 6, 2008. Call 305-FIU-LEAD or email lead at fiu.edu for more information. Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizzas. All mates order upon your request with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the earth one pizza at a time. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business. And of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airport. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. You know where I'm spending my next romantic evening out with my wife? At Biltmore Carl Gables Miami, a golf and spa resort. Maybe we'll start the evening with a five-star dinner at the newly opened Fontana Ristorante, enjoying their authentic Italian cuisine prepared by renowned chef Gaetano Accione. Or perhaps we'll dine at the acclaimed Palm d'Or restaurant. Zagat called Palm d'Or one of the best restaurants in the country. South Florida's best restaurants are at the Biltmore Carl Gables Miami. On Thursday after dinner, we could really enjoy Biltmore Unplugged. Live jazz music poolside at the Cascade Bar and Grill. Fine food and live jazz is awaiting your next romantic evening at Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com 
for more information or call them at 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. The perfect night out is at Biltmore Carl Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Live from Atlantic Radio Network in Coral Gables, Florida. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Welcome back. This is uh, Rich Rothman. It's 534. I know most of you are on the highway right First of all, this is Miami. Most of you have been on the highway for the last hour and a half. But you're not going very fast. Yeah, don't, don't even begin to tell me you're in your office. Because rush hour down here starts about 3 o'clock. That means by the time you get down to Miami, because rush hour starts at 5 o'clock in the morning, you actually go to lunch, turn around, and go home. Welcome to Miami. That's the way it is. Long day of work. Right. Long day of work. God, good thing we have the express lanes now. I'm really happy with that. Because you can get home sooner and have dinner. That's why we're gaining weight down here. That's, that the whole, that's the whole point. It's that express lane. Yeah, that express lane. I can't wait till they start charging for it. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, it's 535, uh, last half hour of the show. Looking forward to speaking to Lisa Black. Uh, Lisa is a uh, forensic scientist. This is something, first of all, all of us are really excited by this. Lisa, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. Glad to have you. What part of the world are you? I'm just curious. I'm in Cape Coral, Florida. That's a good question, because you're a forensic scientist in Cape Coral. Yes. And, and where is Cape Coral, since I don't know? Uh, by Fort Myers. Oh, okay, there you have it. So you're on, you're a West Coast person right now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? i got to tell you, I, I was excited when, when I got your book. Uh, uh, Wanda's my, my producer, and she handed me the book and the information from your publicist. And I said, this is terrific, because everybody's into this right now. I mean, everyone, first of all, everyone's think you're a superstar because it's CSI days. Everyone loves CSI. That's a biggie. So everyone's rushing out, you know, going to FSU to study criminology. And then you have Dexter. I mean, whoa, Dexter. I mean, so cool. Dexter yeah. understands blood splattering and, and that whole bit. So this is like, in, you're, you're the hottest thing going, Lisa, right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of a switch. I mean, when I first started, people thought people who worked in coroner's office were a little strange and obviously had something wrong with them. Well, I think this is kind of exciting. Tell us a little bit, how did you come into this? I mean, what, what motivated you to get involved with, let me think, death? Well, I just read a lot of mystery stories when I was a kid and watched every cop show on the air with my father. So this isn't Nancy and, This isn't Nancy Drew syndrome, is it? Please don't tell me that. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. Okay. Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, Agatha Christie, anything. <laughs> I, I read everything I could get my hands on. Got it. But I didn't really want to be a police officer. So I, I wanted to be a detective without having to be a police officer, which, of course, you know, you can't do except in except in books. So... Um, I is actually more more suited to the scientific end of things, so it it seemed like a good compromise to get the best of both worlds. Well, it, you know, I got to tell you, when, when I don't watch CSI a lot because I don't I don't really watch regular. Well, I guess that's on regular television, but it's kind of cable. I, I watch a lot of movies, and then when I have my insomnia, I'm up watching Discovery Channel or Nat Geo or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I do watch I do watch Dexter, and I, it just looks very exciting. Like you're in charge of things, and you get in there, and you get under that yellow tape, and you look at these corpses, and you—I mean—is that what you do? That's what I do. It's—it's it's not always that exciting. Um, blood spatter, especially blood spatter, because I, I do do that. I, I have studied that. I actually took courses for that in Miami, and I've—I've I've done that at some crime scenes, and it's never as neat as they teach you in class. So it involves a lot of. of bending over and kneeling and it's hard on your neck and it, you're looking at these tiny little blood stains and they're always on some surface that it's difficult to get to and then you know you're trying not to put your knee in the pool of blood that's right next to you there at the same time and it's it's very time consuming it's a whole lot of you know taping pieces of string up and then you you pull on you stretch them out to the pole and then they pull out of the tape and you got to do it all over and it's it's uh, it, and uh, of course, on TV they do this cute little montage with a bunch of music, and it looks really cool. So, it is interesting, though. I mean, when you finally get to the end product and say, "Okay, the the blow came right here and right here, and then he fell down here," that that's the really um, interesting part of it. That's the payoff, I guess. 
So how long, we're going to get into your book because that's important. I want to promote your book. How long were you functioning as a forensic scientist and then made the decision to, uh, I, I guess, um, uh, pull together a whole bunch of different characters that you have in your mind from life and, and write your best-selling takeover? Well, I've been writing off and on since high school. So I've been writing. I wrote even before I got into forensics. Are, are you from the South? Are you from down here up no. north? No, I'm from Cleveland. Cleveland, oh, Ohio. there you have yeah. it. I mean, you're, And that's where the book is set. And yes, I of course. In, I worked in the coroner's office there for five years before I came here. And 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 then how did you migrate to this, this takeover? Because takeover is a very... First of all, why don't we explain what takeover is so people get their appetite wet? Well, for, my character, forensic scientist Teresa McLean, is investigating an early morning murder with her homicide detective fiancé, and then later on, while he's investigating, the fiancé gets taken hostage in That's a bank robbery at the Federal Reserve Bank. There's only 12 Federal Reserves in the country, and one of them is in Cleveland. But they're not like an ordinary, they're not like your corner savings you and loan. You can't go in there and cash so, a check. Right. So Teresa um, gets herself in with the, with the police who have holed up in the Cleveland Public Library, which is another historic landmark, which is right across the street. And even though she's totally out of her element, she's away from all her microscopes and equipment at the lab, she still finds a way to use her forensic knowledge to bring the situation to a conclusion. What, what I find in, it's, it's, and by the way, it's, it's a really, this is your first novel? Yes. This is, it's a good job. You did a really good job on that. And, Thank you. and I'm very happy that I read it. No, the I. The first published novel, I, I, I well, should, The uh, first published that. novel. With the others, I don't know, but I'm sure they're going to come out now. But, um, uh, uh, no, it, it was enjoyable, and I, I I read it pretty quickly. It was an easy read, in about Good. a day. And um, but what I found interesting in your story that some of these police are so jaded with each other, they're so opinionated, or it's like, huh, um, you know. I mean, is that the way the cops are? Well, I don't think it's jaded. I mean, when you do any job for a while, you just get used to the ins and outs of it. You know what looks. You know what you can do and what you can't do. I mean, people who work in an emergency room are probably used to people screaming in pain. You know, it doesn't it doesn't upset them. So and, their tolerance level is because, different because then they can you know keep working at the same time. So you you get accustomed to your everyday job, and you know you do get a little cynical when you when you see the same kind of crime over and over. I mean, I do you know, and I'm I'm pretty much a softy, but. You know, even I do. So that's that's just normal, I think, for human beings. So when you when you saw your first corpse, a uh -huh. how old were you? Because you're out of school then. How old were you? And what was your reaction? Oh, I was plenty old. Um, <laughs> I you actually, were not. This is, this is something of a second career for me. I uh -huh. was I graduated first with a degree in political science. Had no marketable skills at all except typing. So I became not. secretary for ten years. And then I decided that you know this was boring. I wanted to go back to school, so I got the degree in biology. So, you know, I was around 30 when I first, you know, went to the coroner's office and had a visit and had a tour and saw an autopsy. And how did so, you, re you know, I'm just curious how you reacted to I that. I wasn't a kid. It was, it, you know, you, you start to feel a little nauseous and, you know, a little faintish kind of. And it's kind of the smell, you know, that gets you more than, than the sight of anything. But, it, you know, it didn't give me night. It's, I've never had a nightmare. From, from my job ever. So you so can separate it, it, yourself from what was there and what is there and understand yes. it's, it's, it's just, it doesn't exist. I mean, it's just, a, it's a, it's a body. It, but, that's something you either learn to make your peace with early on or you get into another line of work. I mean, if it's really going to bother you, yeah, you, you can't do something it. else for a living. Yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go to the public's meat market. It might be a good place either. But, um, so when you're going in, I noticed on Dexter and some of these other shows, CSI, they put this, this cream under their nose when they go into this, into a, a scene that has a bad odor. Do you, is that real? Do you have stuff that you put under your nose to take a bad um, odor I, away? It used to always be Vicks Vapor Rub was the, was the general knowledge. I've never done that because um, my boss at the coroner's office said, oh, that doesn't work, and it actually, the menthol opens up the pores in your lungs so that, you know, you might, if there's any bacteria in the area, you oh, might good. just be breathing it in, so it might actually be worse for you, but, um, you know, he said basically it doesn't work, it just makes things worse, so... Do you wear a gauze I, mask? I never tried it. I've actually never tried that in my entire life. What, what I found worked pretty well was um, just double, double, putting two masks on over 
over each other, two cloth ones, really made a difference. You wouldn't think just because they're little cloth, they'd make much of a difference, but that does. And if you know you're going to be in something for a long time and it's really bad, swimmer's nose plugs. Oh, yeah, that to, would be good. That would do breathe, it. Yeah, you have to breathe through your mouth the whole time, but, I mean, it really does work. It makes it better for you. <laughs> well, let's get back to your character. So the characters that you have in this, like you had Paul, of course, who gets shot, in, and we won't tell you what happens to Paul, but he's... The boyfriend, yes. Yeah, okay, the boyfriend. Then you have your daughter... Who's in this? And 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 you're pretty feisty in this because Kavanaugh, which is another character, who is another character? Um, the hostage negotiator, yes. Yeah, you have him like this pompous, arrogant guy with a great track record, and he's very impressed with himself. Is, yes. is that right? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's not pompous so much as is supremely confident right. in himself, but he has reason to be. He's very good at his job, uh -huh. so it's not entirely, you know, he's not a total jerk. He's just, he's he's a little difficult for her to take at first. She's really not sure, you know, she's not sure that, that he really knows what he's doing or if he's just all style and no substance. So, but is he an amalgam of a number of people that you met, or does he really exist? Uh, no, he's he's no one I know. <laughs> I, I made him up. You made him up from a couple of people or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about some of the other officers? How did you how did you how did you come to this? How did you imagine this is an unusual Lucas and Bobby going into the Federal Reserve? You know, it takes a while you get, after you interact with Bobby and Lucas that you realize that maybe they're not quite as stupid as you think they are. Exactly. That's it's the whole. I mean, the, it starts out with who on earth would rob a Federal Reserve Bank? I mean, they have to be complete idiots, and then they think, well, maybe they're you know maybe they had some inside knowledge. Maybe they do know what's going on here. And then a little further down the line, something else happens, and it's like, well, no, they don't seem to you know they don't seem to know what they're doing here, and they keep going back and forth, and so you're never quite sure what the the real agenda is until the end of the book. And so where I get my characters. I, I make most of them up. I mean, sometimes I steal of them from movies. Like you, I don't. I don't watch that much TV. I like movies. I watch a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and also like minor characters too. If somebody's just funny or interesting, you know, I do poach sometimes <laughs> characters. Well, that, that's that's very very terrific. Now, but let me ask you this question. There are, there are a couple of things that I find interesting, and that is, for example, uh, you make the car talk to you. When and you, you they, they capture. Remember, Bobby and Lucas leave their car. Right. And then the and, the and Teresa and gets it. I mean, she gets a hold of it. That's how she's called in. The the, the police officers ask her to examine the car. And the car or, really you know, tells a story. It doesn't the. It's very interesting that you could you could uh, investigate this car or any car, and it it tells you a story a lot more than I really thought you could know. You want to talk about that for a second? Well, what? Oh, sure. Um, cars are, you know, a, an extension of a person's living space, you know, <laughs> to some people more than others. You know, it depends on how fanatical you are about, you know, keeping your car uncluttered. Right. But, um, you know, same kind of things that can be found in a car is almost like walking into someone's bedroom. So you can find a great deal, you know, what they drink, what they, what they, you know, what kind of candy they like, where they've been recently from receipts and things like that. Mm hmm So it, it, it. it so you really shouldn't let people manhandle a car that's captured in the uh, in in a crime because it, in a way this kind of breaks. In your case, it tells you a lot. I mean, I thought it was interesting how you find out about these two guys, and the car is it helps you to a degree. Oh, definitely. So yeah, um, I see a lot of cars in my line of work, and they're uh, you know never. I had an economics teacher told me once never underestimate America's love affair with the automobile. And, you know, That's right. And so you can you can find a great deal of information. I know when I was up in Cleveland and, and working mostly with homicides, the one thing that irritated me most about cars was um, I'd somehow always wind up having to look for bloodstains in cars with with plush maroon colored interior. How awful! Why every criminal in Cleveland had maroon interior? I, it just made me completely insane. And down here in Florida, of course, is you always have to process a car outside on a hot day. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you can you can find a lot of information from 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 an automobile, and sometimes it's useful to the crime, and sometimes it's it's just interesting. I mean, I, I had a case where um, it was actually a vehicular assault, and and I had to take the car 
I had a roll. We had to roll the um, a print of the tires, which was a whole story in itself. Getting that done, so we could send them off to FDLE for tire comparisons. But then I had to drive this car back to uh, the inbound lot so we could we could keep it secure. And I started it up, and the person had been listening to a book on tape. <laughs> oh my God! And it was this little, like, you know, fantasy story with knights and dragons and, and battle and everything else. And I'm like, this really isn't what I would think. You, you know, I was expecting, you know, acid rock or something like that. <laughs> you know, just something a little tougher. And yeah, and and, and, and they're into that. Whatever else this guy is, he has pretty good taste in literature. I mean, it was really kind of an interesting story. I, I was getting just in the 15 minute drive. I really got into it. When you when you do your investigations now, and you've been doing this for what twelve years, yes, do, do you still get excited by by uh, an investigation? Does it still get you your jollies, and you're still you know thrilled um, by doing it? Sometimes, you know, it, it depends what it is, and and on other you know circumstances. Because I'm I really hate being woken up in the middle of the night because I'm over forty now, and I really need my sleep. So if it happens in the middle of the night, I pretty much don't care. Um, leave me alone. Don't call me. <laughs> and I, I hate to sound so cynical, but I, I really do. And no matter what it is, it's usually never a convenient time. So you're also wondering about, you know, what else is stacking up on my desk while I'm out here. And you usually wind up waiting for hours on search warrants and things like that. But then... At the same time, there's, you know, these little things that come up that something about the story is interesting. Like, there's something bizarre about this, this criminal or you can't figure out why the victim got here. And, or there's something, you know, around them in the area that you, you just can't figure out and, you know, makes no sense. So, it's always interesting, yes. Well, l let me ask you this question about Kay Lee, you know, the little girl that disappeared in Florida. Oh. And the mother, because I would imagine that people like yourself, the forensic scientists, are trying to make a case that this little girl was in the trunk of the mother's car. You're, you're familiar with what I'm talking about. Just what I read in the papers. I don't know anything more than more than you do. But it, but would it be people like yourself who will try and break this case open? Because they don't have a body. They have a car, and they they would do, I guess, what you would do with the car and analyze the car to the best and see what fluids are found in the trunk and what uh, hair right. is found and so forth. So right. it, it would seem exactly. to me that people like so, yourself yes, are the ones breaking the case. It would be people like me working on the car and picking up the pieces of evidence. The detectives are always in charge of an investigation. So, I mean, they're, they're looking at the overall picture. They're coordinating, talking to witnesses and everything else. So in, in a way, I'm, I'm working for them. You know, the, the forensics part of it is always only part of the story. So, and but they put know, it all it's together. Not, it's not like TV, you know, where yeah. we're on uh, on CSI. You know, they're telling the detectives, you know, oh, hold on to this guy and get a search warrant for this and get a search warrant for that. You know, it's like that. That's not quite the way it is. It's not like they're my boss. They're not, but it's it behooves us both to work together. So but who's actually in charge of the investigation and probably will always know more about all the aspects of it than me is, is the homicide detective. And do you work with people like uh, Michael Bodden, the uh, the doctors? You work hand-in-hand -hand with them? Yes. In, in, I mean, I, I know the people at the medical examiner's office here. There, I'm, I'm a lot. I'm there a lot. We I attend um, autopsies for all our homicide victims. One of us from forensics will be there at the autopsy. Uh-huh. Um, to collect the victim's clothing and just get other information about about the autopsies. So yes, we work with them a lot. So all right, here's a <laughs> the last thing about the this. Story. It seems like the guy like Kavanaugh doesn't really want to have you there at first. He he wants you gone, and then somehow oh, that, <laughs> somehow that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, Teresa talks her away. I mean, she bullies her way into staying. And becoming part of, uh, I guess, a conversation back and forth between Lucas and Bobby and and Kavanaugh. Uh, is that you? Are you Teresa? No, Teresa's a lot more gussy than I am. Um, of course, I've never been in that situation, so I don't really know what I would do. That is probably a little unrealistic. I mean, uh, homicide negotiators, I mean, hostage negotiators would tell you that that's a whole lot unrealistic. He would have kicked her out on the second page. There's there's no doubt about that. That's a very but finite That, that would have been yeah. a very boring story from my point of view. So, you know, uh -huh. and he does, 
he does want, I mean, you don't, he, he doesn't want hysterical family members anywhere around him because they're going to distract him from his job. That's just standard practice in hospice negotiation. He does at first want to know what she found out from the car because naturally in his position, he needs to know everything he can possibly know about who's in the bank, who these two robbers are. So she gets, you know, she, she gets somewhere with that. But yeah, eventually he would have pushed her out of the room. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, she, uh, she talks him into it. Well, okay. Now, Takeover. Lisa Black's the author. Uh, the novel's available in all major bookstores now? Yes. And Amazon, I'm sure. Amazon.com. Yes. Anywhere books are sold. It's, it's and, and are you traveling around promoting your book? Yes. I was in Cleveland for a week, and um, I'm actually on my way to a signing in Naples right now. Well, that's terrific. Are you, are you going to be in Miami? I was in Miami on Tuesday night. I was at Books and Books. That's just down the block I'm from be, us. Yes, I'm going to be in Delray Beach next Friday, um, the 12th, and then the day after that, Saturday, I think the 13th, I'm going to be in Vero Beach. Then later in the month, I'm going to be up around Jacksonville and um, Lake County, which is kind of in the middle of the state. They have a reading festival. I'm going to be there for two different well, That's events. great. Well, we listen. I want you to know it's a great book. It's a lot of fun to read. Good characters. You're going to like Teresa, the uh, forensic scientist in the story. I think she's a gutsy person, and she uh, she's kind of a take-charge human being. The name of the novel is Takeover, and the author is Lisa Black. And Lisa Black is right here in you know southwest Florida. And uh, I want to thank you, Lisa, for being on the show. It was uh, very nice to talk to you. Look forward to your second book. You got another one coming out? Yes, the sequel is called Evidence of Murder, and it will probably be out next August. Well, that's great. We look forward to seeing that. I, and make sure I get a copy. I'll read it right away, and we're going to get this time. When you're in Miami, we're going to get you on the show with us. Okay, so we that can, would be we great. Can, we can talk to you directly. Well, listen, Lisa, good luck with the novel, and good luck with the second one. We look forward to that. Thanks for being on Thank the you. Rich Rothman Show. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Lisa Black. Yes, sir, Bob. That's it. Yes, sir, Bob. Well, tomorrow's rock and roll day. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You all better be here tomorrow. We have uh, Dana Steele is going to be here mm. from Houston, Texas. How's that book? And uh, Oh, it's, it's easy. It's easy. It's <laughs> fun. And this woman has been with everybody in terms of doing projects and knowing oh, okay. good friends with that. I don't mean it that way. Aerosmith. <laughs> no, she's happily married. She's a rock and Husband's chick. pictures in the book. Yes. Uh, no, rock and roll tomorrow. We look forward to that. I want to thank you all for being uh, with us today. Drive carefully. Wanda, thank you for being with me. Thank you. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening. This is Rich Roffin. Bye. We'll be back tomorrow for more of the good. You make me want to be a better man. The bad. I think this is where everything finishes up. This may be at the end of the line. The business. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, proud looker. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you to make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company. You need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way, from the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even...